This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. So many different ways to take the show in, and we appreciate whatever you do out there, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, but we want to hear from you too sometimes. Feel free to visit us out on Twitter at Kelly and Ramya. Always wonderful to, to chat it up and know what's going on and what you think. Well, okay, maybe sometimes it's not so great to know what you think, you know, especially when we're falling down on the job. Never happens. Grant Hardy joining me out in Vancouver. Kelly McDonald here today. And uh, never, Grant, never. It never, never happens. We never fall down. We never do. Absolutely Like Weebles not. wobbles. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we do get to do a lot of thinking on the show, speaking of that, though. And this is one segment that really gets me thinking all the time. It's time now for Know Your Rights with Danielle McLaughlin. Did you know that everyone has rights? No matter who we are, we all qualify. But what happens when freedoms collide? The answers are rarely simple, but always interesting. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, to talk about civil liberties and human rights on Know Your Rights. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the program. Hello, Grant. Nice to see you. How are you? We are doing pretty good here for a Monday, and we've got something kind of intense to talk about here today. Uh about a class action lawsuit that has been filed in the Ontario Court of Justice against the Attorney General of Canada. Do you do you want to introduce this a little bit? Absolutely. And uh, I, I will comment that uh, today being Martin Luther King Day in the United States, we're also talking about uh, rights and uh, right to equality is, mm. is one of the prime ones. So this story actually began in the 1960s. This is a very old tale, but the, there are two people who have decided that they will take this issue to the courts to try to uh, get classified as a class action lawsuit. That hasn't happened yet, because there is a class of people who are affected. And here's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, Canada needs... Uh, agricultural workers. Many people who are citizens of this country don't want to take these jobs. And because they're seasonal jobs, they are also uh, somewhat less attractive to people who are looking for full-time work. So what happens is the uh, farmers and the, uh, the, corporate, the corporations that run farms seek foreign workers from... Uh, mainly the global south, and they bring them to Canada to work in on a temporary basis. So they're called temporary foreign agricultural workers. Now, like everybody else who works in Canada, they are required to pay into the employment insurance plan. Now, for if you're employed, you will know that the government takes uh, a certain percentage of your salary to put into the employment insurance plan, and your employer will also be paying into that. The thought is, or the, the plan is, that if for some reason you are no longer employed in that circumstance, and it's not because you quit, because that doesn't make you eligible, but let's say there's a shortage of work or for various reasons, um, you know, the workplace closes down, you would then, in general terms, 
become eligible to be paid um, out of this unemployment insurance or employment insurance plan that you have been right. uh, putting money into on a weekly basis. Okay, so, so Danielle, with that being said, yes. been putting money into it on a weekly basis. In general, who's eligible for that employment insurance? Excellent question. And in general, anybody who is employed who has lost work on not because they've quit, but on the basis of uh, there being a work shortage, as an example, um, anybody who's paid in gets to collect uh, under those particular circumstances, except except for temporary foreign agriculture workers. They are excluded. They are required to pay into this, but they are generally excluded from ever collecting. And it's a very interesting kind of cap 22 that these people have been living under for a really extended period of time. I mean, we're talking about 50 years or yeah. more. And I'll try to explain how this has worked. Um, you and I take a job. Um, the business goes bankrupt or there's a shortage of work. The weather is terrible. We can't do do the work. We apply after a certain number of weeks, uh, we become eligible, depending upon the kind of employment. Um, we apply and then we wait two weeks and we begin to collect insurance. These folks, the seasonal agricultural workers, have what is called tied employment. Have you ever heard that expression? I don't think before today. Yeah, tied employment, very interesting. Here's what happens. Interesting happened. name, that's for sure. Isn't Interesting it? Name. Yes. Uh, some people have uh, said this is this looks an awful lot like indentured servitude. Right. So yeah. the farm, yeah. the, the farmers bring them in. They are hired for a period of time, and then when the season is over, they are no longer employed. Now, if they had been working for the, the same number of hours at, in a different industry, and they hadn't been foreign workers they would be eligible to collect on the employment insurance they've been paid in, paying into. These folks, as soon as they are no longer able to work for the employer who's originally hired them, they get sent back to their countries of origin. They are not allowed to stay in Canada. Their employment is tied to that employer. So as soon as there is no more employment for them, they don't say, oh, I think I'll look for another job the way the rest of us would. Um, or let's see if there's another industry that's hiring. Sorry, they don't get to do this. They are exempt from that, which means that as soon as they leave, they can't collect employment insurance because right, you can right. only collect if you are in Canada and willing and able to work. Well, they can't stay in Canada yeah. because they've been let go. So you see the catch 22 here. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating if you if you are an, an animal rights advocate, you can obviously point to the huge animal exploitation to create our food, but people don't often talk about the massive human exploitation to, uh, to, no to carry out our farming. I'm very curious, how, how would... Like, how would someone justify this? Like, you can never claim employment insurance, but you still have to pay into it. Like, how would you sort of justify that in, like, a Law 101 class? Good question, Grant. And I think that's exactly the question that these seasonal agricultural workers are asking the courts to determine. One of the things that uh, has been 
fairly clearly uh, recognized that this, that this system was set up in the 1960s. There's been virtually no change to it. Um, back then, it was okay to discriminate against people based on their race or on their country of origin. So what Canada said back in the, as you know, the bad old days was, okay, you guys can come in, you can do this really heavy and intense work where you are exposed to all kinds of hazards, um, but we don't want you to stay because, you know, you're no. not like us. Especially now so, that we've helped shorten your life. We don't want to pay for anything right. else later. Yeah, really. Exactly. We wouldn't want to do your, that. We want you and, to and help us get... That, yes. Sorry. Well, employers really don't have a lot of reason to make their workers' lives easier or better or safer because they know that as soon as somebody complains, they're out of here, right? Yep. There's, you know, yep. there's, there's nothing that they can do about it. So some people have said, and they've said it for many years, stop this system, make it an open um, uh, a, a visa kind of situation or, or, or a, an, an open permit so that if somebody comes and they, they want to work in this industry, wonderful, we really want them. But if something happens where, for example, they're treated really unfairly and they want to look for a job in the same industry but with another employer, they would be free to do that. Here, they're not. Their employment, their, their right to employment is tied to this one employer. So, you know, they say that their rights have been infringed. And as you said, right. Grant, you know, we're looking at animal rights. What about human beings' rights? Yeah. They're saying equality rights and the right to security of the person. Their safety is in jeopardy because they cannot um, make a complaint and have it followed up without a very real risk of losing their jobs. And so, you know, if you're given a choice of no income, um, you know, or you know, dangerous work, many people opt for the dangerous work because they're sending many of them, they're sending money back home to feed their families in their countries of origin. And they've had to put up with really, in, in some cases, some terrible treatment over, you know, many generations in some cases. Um, yeah because they're, this system has set them up for it. You know, it's amazing because we fall into Canada being the nice country, the Canada of the good, and we skate by when we're doing so many of these little things that are dirty, not beyond dirty, they're filthy. Um, we have allowed, because we look the other way, we allow things to stay in a perpetual circle of abuse, yeah. mistrust, Yet we will tell our people, well, yeah, but we want to make sure advantages are for Canadians that are here when Canadians don't want these jobs anyway. So you're giving people hazardous jobs, thankless jobs, and then on further, you're insulting them because back in the day, which a day that we allegedly have left behind, we could we could judge them based on their skin color, based on where they came from and where they were born, well, Danielle. That, I think I've got this summed up right. Well, I think. I, I think that it, it certainly is. It looks a lot like that, and it has for, for quite a long time. And if you think about the whole issue of equality, if uh, a Canadian citizen took this exact same work, they wouldn't be subject to this plan. They no, would be no, able no. to change employers easily. Well, the employers are often the people who provide housing 
and frequently it's substandard housing, but there's nowhere else to go. So people oh, and we learned about a lot of that during the pandemic when people absolutely. could not they had to sleep in places with 15 or 20 other people. That's right. And yeah, and it's... and as we know, many of them became seriously ill because mm. because of that. Um, they're you know, they're working under dangerous conditions. They're working with uh, chemicals. Some of them are in situations where they are not even given uh, safety equipment. They're not given respirators to to uh, you know to deal with some some of the sprays that that they have to use, and they've really been in a situation where they can't do much about it without losing their status in Canada. And once you leave the country, it's real hard to make a complaint, right? Yeah. So who's going to listen to somebody from say uh, um, Jamaica? who wants to complain about their employment in Canada when they aren't even in Canada. Well, you know, That's right. that was then, this is now, that kind and, of situation. And how dare they, when we opened the door for them to come here, tobacco pick or whatever it used to be in the old days, I remember as, as mm -hmm. a kid, that's what people tried to do for the summer. And they'd tell me just how rough the conditions were yes. just for them going out to do it, let alone people that came from other countries and had to stay. Well, that's right. And yeah. so one of the claimants has been working on a marijuana uh, kind of plantation. Um, mm -hmm. And the another one is another kind of agricultural worker. Um, we know that there are certain centers in Ontario where there and also in BC uh, where there are, you know, large numbers of agricultural workers who are brought in uh, fr from other countries and have not had an opportunity not just to to address this this unfair situation, but even to complain about it. So these rather courageous uh, people have found a law firm that agrees that they are being treated unfairly, and they are seeking to uh, file as a class of of people treated unfairly. So that hasn't been yet certified by this court. Um, the The hope is that the Ontario Court of Justice will take a look at the issue and say, yes, there is, there's a class of people to whom this applies. And uh, yep, about time you take the Attorney General of Canada to court, sue him and see if we can get the unfair treatment uh, turned around. And yeah. I personally am very hopeful that this, that this will happen. But you know, the thing about litigation is Could it does not way. happen overnight. No, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty fascinating how, you know, we've seen, for example, what happens when healthcare is tied in with employment. I can't imagine just having my liberty and home and country tied up with my employment. In terms of laws, rights, do, do you want to quickly summarize, like, what are we asking the government to do exactly? Well, I think that we're asking the government to strike down the plan that currently is in place that Got that it. creates this tied employment situation. We're asking them to look at the equality rights and the right to be you know, to safety, to security of the person of the people who are currently here as seasonal agricultural workers, and um, you know revisit this legislation. And, you know, come up with something better. You know, do do we need to uh, just give people open permits and say, you know, you are welcome to work here in this industry. Um, this, uh, you know, this farmer has hired you. He's paid for you to come here. Um, and, uh, you know, you have a job. 
if you don't like the job, you are free to look for another similar job. That is something that people have suggested might be a way of ensuring that people are protected. Um, You know, should they be eligible to collect employment insurance once there is no more employment? Well, if they have to leave the country, that's sort of the, the, it turns on this, right? If they have to leave the country, they won't be allowed to collect the employment insurance. So should we be collecting EI from these people if we're not going to let them collect employment insurance? Or should we say, no, they get to stay on and collect what they've paid for? We'll see where that goes, if at all. How long do you think this will take, Danielle, this litigation? Well, I'm not not a betting person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Firstly, we have to see whether, in fact, the the government will acknowledge that there is a class of people to whom this applies. And then, you know, if it takes less than two years, uh, you'll, you'll have to resuscitate me. Um, but, uh, you know, it I expect it, it will take a long time. My hope so- is that it will stay in the media enough that people will start, um, you know, pushing the government and saying, this has been unfair for so long, and it is based on such a racist premise. It's time you did something very, you Absolutely. know, very soon. Absolutely, and we know with courts, it's never going to be instant, but hopefully shorter rather than longer. Maybe Danielle, we got to run, but thank you so much for chatting with us about this. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk about this important issue. Join us for Know Your Rights with Daniel McLaughlin every Monday. He's back with us tomorrow on our Voices segment, folks. We will introduce some of you who may be newer to the program to some of the things that Danielle's all about. So do join us. Up next, however, we still have a little bit more of the program when we check on what's coming up with now at Dave Brown in the morning. Grant has that for us. Uh, Also, I have a closing moment talking a little bit about fish and kind of, well, want to talk about environments, fish and their communities, their neighborhoods, their worlds and countries, if you want to call it that. We'll do that in a moment. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.